We're reading from Bhagavad Gita, chapter 6, verse 6. Bandhur atmatmanastasya yenatmaivatmanachita anatmanastishatupe vartetatmaivashatupat. For him who has conquered the mind, the mind is the best of friends. But for one who has failed to do so, the mind will remain the greatest enemy. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. The purpose of practicing Eightfold Yoga is to control the mind in order to make it a friend in discharging the human mission. Unless the mind is controlled, the practice of yoga for show is simply a waste of time. One who cannot control his mind lives always with the greatest enemy, and thus his life and its mission are spoiled. The constitutional position of the living entity is to carry out the order of the superior. As long as one's mind remains an unconquered enemy, one has to serve dictations of lust, anger, avarice, illusion, etc. But when the mind is conquered, one voluntarily agrees to abide by the dictation of the personality of Godhead, who is situated within the heart of everyone as Paramatma. Real yoga practice entails meeting Paramatma within the heart and then following his dictation. For one who takes to Krishna consciousness directly, perfect surrender to the dictation of the Lord follows automatically. Mukam karati vachalam vangam langhayate kirim yakipantamam bunde sigurum tiratakam Omagyana timirandasya gyananjala shakaya chakshuramiritam yenatasamai shigurave namaha so here it is said that um, who is our worst enemy? <coughs> it's the mad mind. So what do you do? What is the best thing to do with the mad mind? Prabhupada gives a prescription here. Hearing of the transcendental activities of Lord Krishna. So when we hear and chant Hare Krishna, that is also a very good um, prescription for the mad mind. Now, what is the diet? Prasadam, food offered to the Supreme Lord. This is our diet. So we are all patients here. We're in the mental hospital in this material world, in case you didn't know. Sometimes it's described as a prison. Sometimes it's described as a mental hospital. But um, unfortunately, some of the people are so mad that they don't want to undergo rehabilitation. So here we are actually trying to undergo rehabilitation. We're trying to become sane. So actually, Gita tells us how to do that. We must have a balance in our lives. This is called the mode of goodness. In Ayurvedic medicine, this is also uh, the most important thing in Ayurvedic medicine is to have a balance in your body, and you'll be healthy. So similarly, if we want to be healthy in our mind, we, has, we must have a balance in eating, sleeping, recreation, and work, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita. And if we can have this balance, regulation, between these four things, then we can mitigate all material pains. And so prescription, if you want to be a yogi at home, then other engagements should be moderate. Your work should be anxietyless. You should eat moderately, gratify the senses moderately. Prabhupada said, don't dream more and don't be awake at night. 
the more you can reduce and you'll keep good health for spiritual purposes. So Prabhupada was lecturing on this verse in Los Angeles many, many, maybe 50 years ago. And uh, after one lecture, one little boy, about eight years old, I don't think, are you, how old is she? Eight. Oh, this age here. Yeah. So he, 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 he raised his hand, he asked the question of Srila Prabhupada. Uh, um, you said if you eat too much, you will pay. But what about the devotee? What if he eats too much prasadam? So Prabhupada asked, you, you want to eat more? And the boy said, I just want to know. And Prabhupada said, you think you're eating more? You can eat more. It is medical advice. There are two kinds of mistakes in eating. Overeating and undereating. Undereating mistake for old men is very good. And overeating mistake for boys, that is very good. So you can overeat, I cannot, Prabhupada said. So then the little boy said, what about Tamal Krishna Maharaja and Vishnu Jammer? <laughs> so they cannot. <laughs> Smart kid. So anyway, <laughs> Prabhupada said, you can eat as much as you want, free pass. And so we have to apply the philosophy according to Prabhupada's instructions. If we are old then we can undereat, that is very good medical advice. So Prahlad Maharaj, five-year-old boy, he was preaching to his father, my dear father, give up your demoniac mentality. Don't discriminate in your heart between enemies and friends. Make your mind equipoised toward everyone. Except for the uncontrolled and misguided mind, there is no enemy in this world. When one sees everyone on the platform of equality, one comes to the position of worshiping the Lord perfectly. So our greatest enemy, the mind, when is he our enemy? Uh, when he's under the dictation of kam krod loba mada matsarya, which means lust, anger, greed, illusion, madness, and envy. And so Arjuna, later on in this chapter of Bhagavad Gita, compared the mind to the wind. Today we had some wind that was blowing all the flower petals off the, we were trying to make garlands, somebody was trying to make garlands. So the wind was present today. I think in Denmark you have, a, you have a good experience about the wind. So what can we learn from the wind? We can learn when the wind blows in many directions at once, the atmosphere becomes agitated. So similarly, if the mind is constantly attracted, and repelled by material objects, there will be such a mental disturbance that we cannot think of the absolute truth, we cannot think of spiritual life. So we have to learn from the wind the art of moving through this world without attachment. What can we learn? The wind, if it goes over a beautiful rose garden, like our, our friend garden, then it will pick up a beautiful smell. And then it will hold it for some time, then it will drop it. And if it goes over a garbage dump, or recently, we were a few days ago, we went on a bicycle ride to the lake, and there were three dead ducks right where we sat. And we, didn't, we, we could see one of them, but not two, and, and the smell was really bad. So the wind picks up this smell, carries it for some time, and then drops it. So we go through life. Sometimes we pick up happiness, 
and we carry it for some time, and then we, sh we drop it, and sometimes we pick up distress, and we carry it for some time, and then we drop it. So we should not be too attached to happiness or distress, because both of them will come one after the other, according to our destiny. So if here we have six things which are detrimental, which can control our mind and make it our, our greatest enemy. So the first thing is lust, you want to enjoy. And if this is not fulfilled, the next thing comes anger. Oh, I cannot be satisfied here in this world. And after anger comes greed. Oh, I must get more, more and more. There was one of the richest men in the world, J. J. Paul Getty, in America. And he, um, someone asked him, what is your philosophy? He was a billionaire. And he said in one word what his philosophy was, and that was more. <laughs> That's his philosophy. So this is the, this is the philosophy of modern day people. You get something and then it's not enough and you're not satisfied. So this is one of the problems of our modern society, the greed, greed for wealth. And in, in, in this wealth, in the earning, in getting it, increasing it, protecting it, expense, there's so much labor, fear, fear anxiety, and delusion. Just to protect your money and to make your money so you can live. So what to do? What to do? We can transform uh, these things into spiritual life, actually. We can, our lust means, uh, also another symptom of lust is that we work very hard to do things in this world, to achieve things. So this can be transformed into a spiritual purification. Shri um, Prabhupada gives the example, an ordinary worker, he'll work very hard day and night in order to, set it, to um, satisfy his senses. Similarly, a devotee can work hard day and night to satisfy Krishna. So he said, just like I am writing books at night, Prabhupada, he worked so hard he only slept four hours, two hours at night and two hours in the afternoon, just to write these books for us, this Bhagavad Gita and other books. So he said, just like I'm, I'm working so hard at night just to write these books, so somebody else may work hard the whole night to write some books based on sense gratification. So the difference is that when you do it for Krishna, then your life becomes elevated and purified and sanctified, and you advance on the spiritual path. In our history of Krishna consciousness, uh, many, many, very ancient history of the Ramayana, um, there was the story of Lord Raman and one of his soldiers, monkey soldier, was Hanuman, and he applied his anger in Krishna consciousness. So even anger you can use, if somebody is attacking a devotee, you can use your anger to protect the devotee. So what about greed? Hmm. We can be greedy to serve Krishna. We can be greedy for more service to Krishna. So what's happening in our heart, in America there's one old Indian fable, one story, that in your heart there are two dogs fighting. There is the good dog and the bad dog, and they're fighting to control your soul. 
there's the material dog, and there's the spiritual dog. So which one is going to win? The one you feed the most. So what do we feed the material dog? Meat, fish, eggs, uh, intoxication, drugs, different things. And what do we feed the spiritual dog? Prasadam, food offered to Krishna, vegetarian food offered to Krishna. And so we should know that this is happening in our heart and we should try to feed our spiritual dog, give it food for thought, give it Bhagavad Gita, give it Shemad Bhagavatam, come to the temple, chant in the kirtan. And this will help us in our pacifying the mind, actually. The mind becomes pacified when we make the mind friend. So, illusion. We talked, uh, greediness. Greediness is to serve the devotees, to donate to Krishna. Now Jamashtami is coming up. You can also be greedy to donate to Krishna something for Jamashtami. Um, and moha, illusion. How can we be an illusion for Krishna? Lord Chaitanya, uh, there's some prayer of Lord Chaitanya that I see the whole world empty if I'm not associating with the devotees, if I'm not coming to the temple. I feel a lack in my heart. I feel an emptiness in my heart. The whole world looks like zero. So if somebody, one of your beloved uh, relatives has died, and you can experience this, looking, seeing the whole world as void. But we can do this spiritually also, like in separation from Krishna, separation from the devotees. And this will elevate you and make you very, very happy. So, what can we do about these six enemies? Where can we get protection from these six enemies? Well, Krishna will protect us if we take shelter of him. First, we can chant the holy name. That will give us protection. Another thing is if you, um, there is a, if you see these deities here, Lord Chaitanya and Nityananda, if you look, if you lift up their feet, you will see many, many signs, beautiful, beautiful marks. One of those marks is a wheel. It's a, we call it a chakra or a disc. And this disc is bright like the sun. And it's very powerful if you meditate on it. So what happens if you meditate on this disc, which is under Krishna's, Lord Chaitanya's lotus feet? It will cut down your six enemies, lust, anger, greed, illusion, madness, and envy. So if we do this, if we take shelter of Krishna, if we surrender to Krishna, how will he protect us? This is a good question. He can protect us in many, many ways. First way is he can protect us from anxiety over future maintenance. He says, I will, if you worship me with devotion, I will protect what you have and I'll give you what you lack if you need something, especially in spiritual life. If you need something in spiritual life, then Krishna will give you that. So he says, my devotees, they have no anxiety over what will happen next, where they will stay, what they will eat. Everything is maintained and given by the Lord. So there are some um, experiences how this happened in the early days in America, 1967. The first temple we had in San Francisco, the devotees 
really were struggling to maintain the temple. They didn't have money. And they had to pay the rent $400. So they didn't know what to do, so they just went out on the street and they were chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Namaskirtan, Kijai. And so they had to pay the rent the next day or else they would be kicked out from their um, building. And so they went out, they were chanting, and one man came up to them with an envelope and gave it to them. They opened it, it was $400 for the rent. Yeah, that was one time. Another time, next month, <laughs> another thing happened, which was quite amazing. They didn't have money for the rent. Another month, maybe not the next month. And they went out on Harinam, and then they saw the wind blowing $100 bills down the street. And they just picked them up, and they got their rent money. <laughs> so yeah, if you go on Harinam, Sankirtan, then you don't have to worry for your maintenance. Yeah, when we were devotees in 1970, we were going on Harinam 10 hours a day, day and night. We didn't have to go to early, we didn't have to get up early in those days. We didn't have to go to Mangalarti until two months after I joined. And so we were staying out till midnight, 11 o'clock, just doing Harinam, chanting Hare Krishna on the streets like we did yesterday. And we and we had no money and we had no book distribution, we just some back to Godhead magazines but Krishna supplied uh, the money for our our maintenance. So that if you surrender to Krishna then your maintenance will be taken care of. You don't have to worry. Another protection, so that's one type of protection. Another type of protection if you chant Hare Krishna, surrender to Krishna, you will protect, you'll be protected from going away from the spiritual path. We call it fall down. Fall down. Now, in our literature, there's so many examples. One devotee, he was a very highly advanced, but somehow he got attached to a baby deer. And he was so attached to that deer that at the time of death, he was thinking of the deer. And what happened, whatever you think of at the time of death, that you become in your next life, you became a deer. Well, he was protected because he remembered his previous life as a deer, so he didn't make any mistakes as a deer. He didn't get attached. He left his mother and went to the uh, ashram, to the sages. There is one, uh, in, there's another example here in Slovakia, um, New Ekachakra Farm. There was one kitten who left his mother and came and stayed with the devotees. Uh, Brahmachari kitten. Um, so yeah, so this, this happens even now, uh, that they remember their past life. He left his mother, a small, small kitten, and just came and wouldn't go back to his mother, stayed with the devotees. So yes, this happens. You, you're protected, even if you don't succeed in this life. You may ask the question, okay, well, I'm practicing, but what happens if I don't succeed in this life? Don't worry, next life you will be taken care of. You will get a, a very high birth in this life, uh, in a devotee family, a yogi family, a rich family, a Brahmin family. And you can continue where you left off on the spiritual path. Very scientific process here. So another thing you'll be protected from is maya. Maya means sense gratification, trying to enjoy without Krishna. Very difficult to enjoy without Krishna. One man, when we were on book distribution in Ireland, 
And one man said to us that the happiest day of my life was when I bought my boat. And then, because in Ireland there's a lot of lakes and rivers and you need a boat to enjoy. Uh, everybody enjoys in their boat. And he said, but then, the happiest day of my life was when I sold my boat. <laughs> because it was so much trouble to maintain. I had to work so hard and I had to pay rent and for keeping the boat docked and very difficult, very difficult to keep it. And so yes, yeah, very difficult to maintain in, in, the, in this world now. And so therefore, better to chant Hare Krishna, live simply, and uh, you will be protected from the enjoying spirit separately from Krishna. We, can, we are also meant to enjoy, we can't stop our enjoying spirit because that's our constitutional nature. We're meant to enjoy happiness, ananda maya vyasa. We're happy beings. But the way to get permanent enjoyment is to transform yourself by bhakti yoga. Use your senses. Smell the flowers offered to Krishna. Eat the food offered to Krishna, and then you get purified while you're enjoying. So this is, so today we'll practice this uh, when it's time for the feast. We'll practice spiritual enjoyment by eating. And so then another thing, another protection you get from surrendering to Krishna is protection from bad qualities. Here in this world, even if you're not born with bad qualities, you get them by association. And that's what uh, all the advertisements are convincing you. You should drink, you, could, you should eat meat, you should gamble. So if you chant Hare Krishna, then you all the good qualities will manifest in your life. So you may, sometimes we may ask the question, well, okay, I'm going to get some protection. Well, when can I expect this um, protection? When does this protection start? So in our book, um, Canto 9, chapter 4, verse 48, Prabhupada tells us, if one simply begins devotional service, He's immediately protected by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And he said, this is confirmed in Gita. At the end of Gita, it says, If you surrender to me, I'll protect you from all your sinful reactions. Mahasricha, don't worry. Protection begins immediately. And what does that protection mean? He gives the proper guidance how to advance in spiritual life. So it's very difficult to control the restless mind, but if we offer our mind to Krishna, let him take control, he'll surely help us. There is one prayer, I would like to uh, conclude with this prayer to Lord Chaitanya, who is here. You will see him again soon, uh, at 4.30. So this uh, prayer says, things that are very difficult to do become easy to execute, if one somehow or other remembers Lord Chaitanya. But if one does not remember him, even easy things become very difficult. To this Lord Chaitanya, I offer my respectful obeisances. So now we have a few minutes left. If there are any questions, you can ask at this time. Yes, Chanhari. You mentioned recreation. I mentioned? Recreation, recreation yes. <laughs>
So it's just nowadays it seems that there's so many different types of recreation you can choose between. Okay, so. Maybe so you can give a proper description of recreation. What is the proper description of recreation? So people like to dance and sing. Uh, so you can come here and dance and sing with us. Um, in the early days, Prabhupada told us that's our, our recreation. That's one. That is also um, reading. Reading is recreation. Uh, and you can shop for Krishna. Shopping, some people do shopping for recreation. Um, I, I read that. That is an addiction for some people now, shopping addiction. You can shop for Krishna. You can uh, do so many things for Krishna. What you do, whatever you do every day, can be can be used in a spiritual way. Uh, you can dovetail it. If you like to watch movies, you can watch our Krishna conscious movies. You can watch the Krishna conscious TV. Also. There's Krishna conscious internet also. I think that's most of the recreation today is is virtual. I, I think it's on the internet or on your. On, I see people glued to their phones. I see people glued to their phones. It was I saw a funny um, comic today on internet. It had all these people walking on this road, you know, glued to their phones, two sides this way that. Then there was a robot sitting on the site on the bench reading a book, <laughs> and his kid was coloring a kid robot. <laughs> so it's like, what, what's what's happening? You see, yes. I was just wondering. You mentioned this incident of um, a little boy asking Shri Prabhupada about Yeah, that's right. How old were they at that time? They were in their 20s. Okay. Okay, oh, watch out. <laughs> I think so. Let's see. It must have been pretty... No, it must have been... Um, that, that was later on in the movement. So let's see. It must have been uh, 1975. So let's see. I, I, was I was... They're all about my age. So let's see, in 1975, I was 25. So they were about, they were in their mid-twenties or late-twenties, mid-late-twenties. But still, he, when Prabhupada would see them eat, he, he would encourage them to eat more if they could digest it. He said, one person can digest two, another person can digest ten japatis. So if you can digest ten japatis, you can have ten japatis. You have to see what what you can digest without getting sick. But devotees and they didn't. Most devotees didn't follow that re recommendation in their twenties. <laughs> yeah, but old age generally means after after fifty, after sixty. Old age, yeah. Mhm. Mm and then, as far as working goes. Working, yeah. So how to find uh, the proper balance with working? Depends on one's age and... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you're young, you can work more. When you're older, then you have to see how it's affecting your health and mentally and physically. 
You have to really be careful. Well, I, I was one of our devotees from India. She was saying that they, they really make you full of anxiety by doing your work. And, and the, the result was she was getting all these diseases. And she said all of, all of her friends had, were getting diseases from working hard nine hours a day. So she, she, she just quit. After she paid all her debts, she quit and joined the temple. Yes? How can anger be controlled? How can anger be controlled? Yes. Bhishma gives a recommendation in the purport of first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam that you can control anger by forgiveness. 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 Yes. And this forgiveness must, um, must come, uh, it's good to forgive immediately. I mean, you must forgive the person. You get angry because the person did something you're, you're, you don't like. So you must forgive them quickly. And the quicker you do it, so the quicker you get good at doing it, the better. And it's better to forgive before you get angry. So if you make it a habit of forgiving, and you sh generally you have to forgive every day. You have to practice forgiveness. Mm -hmm. But it seems also like forgiving ourselves for making mistakes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you have to forgive yourself. That's very important. Not only you forgive others, you have to forgive yourself too. It seems more difficult than forgiving others. Yes, it can be. That's because our mind is our enemy. So this is part of uh, when the mind is controlled by anger, then it's our enemy. And this anger goes not just outside, it goes inside. And then you get cancer. It's, there's the atmosphere creating problems here every day, then how can you do that? Uh, I didn't get the question. What did he say? If the other one brings problems every day, if the other one brings problems every day, how can you forgive? Yes, um, there are three kinds of of suffering that we have, and that is from our own mind is one, our own mind and body. Another one is from the demigods or the elements, and the third one is from other people, other people bringing problems. So the solution is given in Srimad Bhagavatam, how to counteract this problem with other people giving us problems. What you must do, you must be patient, and you must be a very in good behavior. You must be, if somebody is your senior, then you must serve them. If somebody is your equal, you must make friendship with them. If somebody is your junior, you must be merciful to them. So if you have this good behavior, then you can expect that other people will treat you in the same way. So you, we have to practice this good behavior. You see, uh, yes, this will be very helpful. Yes? It's also the story of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati, mm -hmm. who had a person coming often and complaining a lot. Right. And his devotees said like, that he shouldn't do this, but Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati actually said, it's my best friend. Uh, yes, if somebody criticizes me, he's my best friend. Yeah. Another, no, I just remembered a story about controlling the mind also, another way to control the mind. Again, by, by chanting. When I was in Nepal in the Vaishnava retreat, they were having a night kirtan from like, started at 7.30 at night. 
And, but prasadam time was 8.30, so one lady, she was not in the kirtan, and she came and she was trying to get the attention of the girls, 150 girls dancing and chanting. Nobody was paying attention to her. So she, okay, okay. Then 9.30 she came, she said, no, prasadam, where's the prasadam? They were just chanting, dancing, didn't pay any attention to her. Then finally, she decided to join them. And she forgot about prasadam too. <laughs> and so that kirtan went on until about 10.15 at night. So yeah, it, so kirtan can do that to you. Um, chanting. Chanting can make you forget your bodily hunger, your problems. King Parikshit, he lived many thousands of years ago and he gave up his hunger and sleep and thirst when he was cursed to death, he was simply hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. So we can't, of course, imitate him, but we can experience a little taste of that by chanting. Okay, any other questions? Yes? Mm -hmm. how, how do we forgive? How do we forgive? Okay, there is a process to forgive people. This is taught by my godbrother Mahatma Prabhu, that first of all you imagine the person in front of you and you bring all good things to that person. You, you wish for all good things to come. You pray for good things. That's how you forgive. That's the beginning of forgiveness. Now if you, and you're not forgiving if you tell other people what that person did, or if you would like to get revenge, you're not forgiving. You're not forgiving. So there's a test of whether you... You may have to do it every day. You may have... It's a practice. It's a practice. You can... If you want to know more, you can look online. Uh, Mahatma Seminars on Forgiveness. He did. So it's probably online somewhere. Everything's online. What will we do without the internet? We didn't have internet until just a few years ago. Uh, I remember days without internet. Days without, yeah, so many things, mobile phones. And, and now it's like a necessity. We didn't have computers either. We didn't have uh, these MP3s. We had these, I don't know, we had phonographs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's how you played songs. Yeah. When, when our devotees um, made a hit on top of the pops, that there was a record. It wasn't a tape, it wasn't a CD, it wasn't an MP3. Yeah. Okay, it's 4.30, so we stop here. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.